Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Wiretapping. I want to give special thanks to Swab in LA for setting up this week's interview. This episode comes despite many scheduling conflicts, so I want to thank Fear for making it happen. And let's go ahead and get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you, my brother. How's it going? It's going all right. Good. So, uh, yeah, this is, it's been a little bit of work getting this going, but um, let's uh, let's start with uh, an introduction. Tell everyone who you are. Uh, I write Furo, uh, DCB Crew, uh, UTI, out of Los Angeles. Where where did the name come from? Um, well, I started writing Fear in uh, nineteen eighty six. Um, before that I was somebody else. Um, I, but I've always liked names, uh, when I was looking, uh, you know, in the subway art books, I noticed names like shame, uh, names like panic. I liked those names because they showed emotion. Um, you know, and I, I kind of, uh, I don't know. I always just kind of, uh, drawn to that. So I thought of like emotions of names that haven't been used and fear kind of stuck out because um, at the time I was young and I was afraid of getting caught by the police. So I kind of, you know, started writing the name. It was a little bit difficult because of the F's. It was kind of a challenge, but um, I figured if I could master the F, then I could probably master any letter. So I went for it and... Later on, I started writing Firo. I think I started writing Firo in uh, probably around 93 or 92, just to add a, a little bit of extension to the letters that I had already had um, to make my name a little longer. The O actually standed for one. I was claiming my name Fear One. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where the name came from. Okay. Um, so you said you started writing Fear in 86, is that it? Yeah, I was writing Fear in 86. Uh, before that, I was writing uh, Glide. Glide, uh, okay. Glide. Glide was from, uh, I was a breakdancer, man. I, I started breaking uh, 1984, and I used to uh, be called the Gladiator. I was in a, actually in a crew called the Electric Gladiators. Uh, and so... I took the name Gladiator and just kind of shortened it to Glide when I started writing. Mm -hmm. So that's where Glide came from. I was heavily into breakdancing the hip-hop culture early on. Uh, I had actually met uh, a cat from New York named uh, Min Son, a Korean dude. He uh, moved to the neighborhood in 83, and he brought all that culture with him before it was even out in L.A. Um, and he showed me breakdancing, popping... Uh, he showed me graffiti, and I was just fascinated by it right away. Uh, I was 13 years old at the time, and um, I was just like, you know, I wanted to learn more about it, and he was the only one that knew how to do it. So he started schooling me, and uh, little by little, the culture started coming out in L.A., uh, which was kind of cool. And then I would I would go and I would see other people do it, but I kind of had a head start on it. Hmm. Do you still do any breakdancing? Um, 
Occasionally, if I get drunk enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like, I don't know, man. Um, I, I still do it. I can do it, you know, and every now and then. I know when I, when I went out to New York, uh, I went out to some nightclub out there. It was, I don't know, about four or five years ago, and I just started breaking on the dance floor, man. I was like, I got to get, I got to break dance over here in New York. <laughs> but yeah, I can still do it. Um, I don't do it as a regular thing anymore, though, no. Okay. So um, how did you sort of transition from breakdancing to graffiti? Uh, I'm trying to figure out what came first. Uh, I think they both came at the same time to me. It was it was because of Minson. Uh, he uh, he had brought both of them at the same time into my into my world, and so um, uh, I was really into Michael Jackson back then. I think everybody was, <laughs> and so I was you know trying to dance like him and. Um, then when I seen the breaking, I was like, wow, you know, this is a whole different thing. So I started breaking. I probably, I probably excelled at breaking a lot faster than I did writing just because there was really no influence in my neighborhood for writers. It was just me and this other cat, you know, and he wasn't all that great, but he had flicks. He had pictures from New York and I used to try to uh, copy those down on paper and I actually stole some spray paint, like some model spray paint, little cans, and went out to the ditch and started, you know, beginning to le- try to learn on the wall. Okay. But uh, it wasn't my first experience as a with spray paint, though. Um, earlier on, like maybe 1982, I was running with a little gang called uh, Eastside Paramount because uh, I grew up in, well, I was living in Bellflower at the time. And uh, with those guys, my friend Fernie, his older brother, was one of the gang leaders. So he used to go out spray painting the tag all over the place. And so I would go with him, and I was getting up beside Paramount with him. Even though I wasn't in the gang, I just liked, <laughs> I just liked writing. You know what I mean? I liked the, uh, the criminal aspect of it, just uh, getting away with something. And, um, you know, I kind of liked that. And then when graffiti came along... It just kind of developed from there, you know. Okay. So um, were you into art at all? Or yeah. Or did it, it come more oh. as a part of hip-hop? Oh, yeah. I was I was an artist um, very early on. I, I kept a sketchbook. Uh, I had an aunt and uh, there was an artist, and she used to really inspire me and, and try to motivate me to go that way. And I was a character artist, really. I, I did a lot of cartoons, a lot of, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse type stuff like that, (laughs) you know, and um, yeah. And so when graffiti came, I was kind of like, uh, I really liked it because it reminded me of comic books. And at the time I was really into comics also like Marvel Comics, DC, and I liked the lettering on those comic books, like, uh, you know, the Spider-Man logos and all the different logos with the colors on them. Mm -hmm. So graffiti, graffiti reminded me of that a lot. You know, and so I took to it real quick. So how did you sort of link up with, um, well, I guess, let's let's talk about the different crews you're with. I mean, DCV, UTI, uh, let's, let's talk about all the crews and sort of okay. how they came together. DCV um, actually is a crew that I started in 1988. Um, it was with a group of friends that were sort of like misfits. Uh, there were, there were good friends of mine, but nobody really wanted them in their crew. There was this, there was a couple, there was a couple of elite crews in my neighborhood. Um, 
it was NASA, NASA crew, okay. and then there was another crew called OGA, uh, Original Artists. I was actually in OGA, but my friends couldn't get in for just politics. Really, it was just you know politic reasons. They didn't they didn't like them or whatever. And I was writing with my friends more than I was my crew. So I was like, well, you know, I was trying to get them down, but they didn't want to get them in. So I just said, fuck it, and I you know. I said, you know, I'm not going to run with your crew no more. I'm going to start my own. And that's how DCV came about. Cool. And there was five of us in the beginning. And, um, you know, none of those guys write anymore. They, they quit years ago. But I kept it going. And throughout the years, you know, I got new members in and people left. And you know how a crew is. Yeah. But uh, we still managed to stay on top. And we're still here in L.A. doing our thing. So, So give us a little bit of a roll call. Like who was... Like, who are the writers who are associated with DCV? The writers that are associated with DCV? Well, the more famous ones would be uh, would be me and Dove, uh, Woes56, uh, Kale, which is not in the crew any longer, but he was a part of it for much a really long time. Um, who else was down with us? Uh, Poem from TDK out of Oakland. He was with us. Suge from New Mexico. He wrote with us for a while. Uh, Zor. And Nike from Chicago, they're with us. Um, who else is down with us? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of different people that came in and out. Um, but those are the ones that kind of really, you know, took the bull by the horns and, and really got it up a lot. So, What other crews are you with? Um, okay, well, um, so I, I wrote DCV uh, from 88 till about 95. That's when I would get in my next crew, uh, which would, was BLA. And BLA standed for Bombing Los Angeles. Uh, a roll call there would be Rock, Crail, Aqua, Posk, Thug, Chrome, 125, uh, just to name a few, and they were a very elite bombing crew out here in the late 80s, um, pretty much all city. I mean, when they came out, it was like they exploded. <clears throat> and I think what happened with that crew was when it was started, I mean, I, di- I didn't, st- I wasn't running with them back then, but the way I heard it got started is in, in, in jail. They were all locked up together. Uh, and they said, you know, when we get out of jail, man, we're going to start this crew called Busting Loose, BL. Uh, and so when they came out, man, they did bust loose. They got up. And so it was a crew that I was really, like, uh, inspired by. Uh, and when they asked me to get in, to me, it was an honor, you know. And uh, I was like, word, you know, I'm down. And they asked me and Dove in at the same time. And as soon as we got in, man, we started bombing L.A. hard, you know. Not that we weren't before, but it was like whenever I get in the crew, you know, I like to prove myself. And uh, so me and Dove made it a point to go out and get all city on the freeways in 95. So like 95, 96, we really crushed it. Yeah. As well as trains, you know, we were always doing the freight train thing. Um, So... BLA is a crew, you know, that I've been down with since 95. And then uh, through some of those guys, I met some of the guys from UTI. Uh, my first, the first guy I met from UTI was Swan One. And me and him hit it off instantly. We're good friends. And I don't know if anybody knows who Swan is, but he's this crazy character, man. You know, straight L.A. B-boy, um, black dude with dreadlocks. And 
he's just a wild dude, you know, a street person. And uh, he's really cool, man. And, and we're still good friends to this day. And he tried to get me in UTI back in, uh, shit, I think it was 91. But uh, they wouldn't let me get in because uh, there was a fear already from their crew. But he wrote it uh, F-E-E-R. And they wouldn't let me in because of, of out of respect for him, even though he was in prison and he's still in prison. He's never he's never getting out. He's in prison for murder, multiple murders. So, yeah, he's never getting out. But, uh, you know, later on, I think what, what happened, I met a couple more UTIs, Deal and Fooey and a couple other guys. They were down with BLA. And little by little, I started hanging around, you know, Skill and, and snapping those guys. And I think, when did they ask me to get in UTI? They asked, they asked me and Dub to get in, uh, I think it was 96. And I got on with Coffee and Chi and Miles, Clay and Die from West Coast Artists got in the same day I did. And uh, who else got in that day? Um, I'm not sure. But that was a hell of an experience because to me, UTI, like growing up in L.A., it was always like the top crew, you know, especially skill, man. Like I used to just trip on that dude's style. I mean, if anybody knows skill, I mean, the guys just got so much style and it's like, honestly, like unmatched, man. I've never seen anyone kick so many different styles of, of tagging and bombing and homeboys pieces were out of, out of this world, you know, and, um, you know, for him to, and he's he's the actually guy that called me, you know he called he gave me the phone call invited me to the meeting, said that they were thinking about getting me and Dove in the crew and and he didn't want an answer right away he wanted me to think about it, and I came to the meeting that night and I seen about forty to fifty crazy graffiti writers all in the middle of the street. I mean we had this meeting like right in the middle of downtown. And it was wild, man, because I was like, dude, are the cops going to come here or what? You know, because they were just drinking and smoking and, and and bombing all over the place. And we're right in the middle of the street. I mean, cars couldn't even drive by. They had to like, like they had, when, when they seen us, they had literally did U-turns and like drove out, you know, because they <laughs> thought it was a gang meeting. And I'm telling you, man, like just seeing that and like all the craziness and then seeing skill that night actually like taking control of everybody just stopping all the madness and ha actually having a, a legitimate meeting it, i was in awe it was like it was like watching cyrus from uh, the warriors speak <laughs> just what a leader you know because everybody's just messing around you know you got to picture it and then he just says okay everybody you know stop we're gonna have the meeting you know boom boom and it takes a special person to do something like that honestly he was a good leader and uh I definitely wanted to be down with skill and I definitely wanted to be down in UTI. And to this day, you know, I'm, I'm always going to, I'm in UTI and I'll always represent UTI. I like uh, what skills st stood for. And I like what the crew stands for. Are you still friends with skill? Yes. Nice. Yes. We're, we're friends. He doesn't paint anymore. He's not even in the scene. He kind of rebelled against it which is kind of strange to me because he was so good. And he was like one of the movers and shakers in LA. He made a lot of things happen, he united a lot of crews and he made things, you know, the way they are. And, uh, he just, I don't know what happened to him. I guess he had some hard times in his life and he just gave it up. 
he didn't want nothing to do with it anymore. He got rid of all his photo albums. He got rid of all his stuff, and he just gave it away. Now he's uh, married. He's I think he's living out in uh, the Bay Area. And I talk to him every now and then, but it's kind of hard because he doesn't want to talk about graffiti. Yeah, so I don't know what our common ground is, you know. He always wants to talk about, you know, his religion. He's really into his uh, Christianity now. And, you know, that's a private thing for me, so I really don't like to talk about that stuff. So, you know, but we're still friends. And, man, I have so much respect for that cat. It's unbelievable. Like, he's my favorite graffiti writer of all time, a skill. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, kind of going off of that, like how, well, talk about some of the things you've seen change since you started and now. Like, how's the scene changed? Talk about well, the, the good and the bad of it. I could just say for me, from my, my personal view of, of the scene of, of, of everything, graffiti and hip hop, um, it, it started out, you know, when I was young and it was a very magical thing to me. You know, it was something that I had to go out and look for and find, you know, um, I had to go get in a car or try to hustle a ride from one of my friends that could drive because I was too young to drive and we would drive out to Los Angeles and just look, just look for tags, look for pieces. And when you found one, it was like finding a treasure, you know, it was like, wow, you know, wow. And you would, you know, get out of your car and you'd stare at the thing for like an hour. You know what I mean? Because it was so rare, you know? And it was like, nowadays, it's not like that no more. You know, you, you get on the computer and it's right there and you've seen so many pieces. It's like, you don't stare at them that long anymore. You know, you just take a quick glimpse and you kind of take it all in real fast. But back then it was more of a magical thing, more mystery is, you know, mystery. And I don't know, you know, that, that old feeling's not there anymore, you know? I mean, I still have a good feeling about graph or I wouldn't be doing it, but it's I guess it's just lost sort of its uh, to me personally, it's lost sort of uh, if it's of its of its shine, I guess, or its glimmer, the 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 reason why I got into it in the first place, it's really not there anymore, you know. Now I continue to do it because it's who I am, you know. Yeah. Over the years, it's made me the person that I am today and so I don't know how to be anybody else. So I'm fear and I keep doing it and I still have love for it. You know, I guess it just changed over the years, you know, it's a weird thing, you know, um, I, I remember when I used to paint, I used to, uh, grab spray paint and go down to Belmont tunnel. I just remember this great feeling that used to, you know, swell up into my, my body and my mind, you know, I was just so happy to be doing it. Such an exciting thing. And, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't feel like that anymore. You know, it, it's a sad. It sounds sad, but I don't feel like that anymore. Very rarely, on, on a special occasion, I might. You know, I might get that feeling. Maybe if I'm traveling, if I'm in another city, and I'm doing a piece out there, I sometimes I could still feel that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. You know, I hope that answers your question. I don't know. It's yeah, kind of no. That's that's perfect. Yeah. So are there um, are there any writers nowadays who sort of uh, I guess spark that? I mean, who are who's who really inspires you now? Are there any writers who are really doing stuff that I guess makes you take a long look at their at their piece or whatever? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I, lo I love coffee. He's in UTI. Um, he's one of my favorite artists. Um, his graffiti art is dope as hell, and his, his uh, canvas art is really good, too. And uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I'm really inspired by him and his style. Um, I love uh, some of the seventh letter stuff I really like. Um, who else do I like? I love the SH crew out of Los Angeles, Seeking Heaven, um, Panic, and uh, Acme, uh, Asylum, I really like. Uh, who else do I like? I, I just... I just met a writer online. I think he's from the Love Letters crew. His name is Does, D-O-E-S. I think that's how he pronounces it, but his stuff is really dope. And and I'm always, always inspired by New York writers, uh, especially the old school subway artists. Um, you know, now that I, you know, the cool thing about being online is I've been like doing research and trying to find old subway pictures. And I've managed to find quite a bit, you know, and so I'm kind of relearning that whole, you know, like thing, you know, looking at Mitch 77 or Kid Panama, um, Duro and Dandy and all that stuff. I mean, that's still a big inspiration to me. You know, my style was developed out of that. And uh, so I like to go back and look at some of the older stuff that I haven't seen in the books just to get another representation of what the letters might look like. And, and it helps me grow with my letter form as well. Nice. So, what was the best year for graffiti, as far as you're concerned? Uh, for me, yeah. or yeah, for uh, you. <clears throat> the best year for graffiti, I would I would probably say '96 or '97, and '96 and '97, those years we were putting in mad work, uh, a DCB crew. Me and Dove, Woes56, Kale, who else was with us? A guy named Harsh, um, Robe One, who else was with us? Zion. I mean, man, we were killing trains, man. And I had a, I had an apartment close to the train yard. And uh, we used to just hang out at that apartment every day, smoking herbs, you know, watching TV, just partying, listening to rock and roll, whatever, hip hop. And we would get all high, and then everybody would be like, yo, Let's go to the train yard. And it was like an almost nightly thing, you know. Every night we would go to the train yard and we pull off end to ends. And we would pull about four or five end to ends a week. And and that's not just counting, that's not just counting end to ends. We used to do pieces too with the leftover paint. So we were killing it, man, and we were doing a lot of stuff. We got a lot of feedback and it was pretty dope. Those years were really cool. They stand out of my mind. Nice. Um, yeah, so was that Kind of how you got into trains? The fact that you had an apartment right by the, the tracks? Or... Um, you know what got me into trains, man, is I knew this cat named Clue. He was in DCV for a little while, and, and uh, he told me, oh, you got to hit trains, man. They're cool, you know, and you got to hit them, and it's fun, and it's it's cool spots, and it's good times, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, let me go, let me go try this out. So me and Dove went, and we painted with him a few times. And the few times that we painted with him, I think we only did like maybe six or seven cars, right? And this was like in 91. No, no, it was 92. 92, we pulled about, I think, five or six cars. And that's all we did. And then we went to the B-Boy Summit. 
the year, I think it was the same year, a couple months later, we went to the B-Boy Summit, and I met all these cats. Forget who was there, man, but I met a lot of cats, and they all knew who me and Dove were from the trains. They're like, yeah, we've seen your train, you know, and I'm like, wow. And it, it kind of baffled me because we had only done a couple, you know what I mean? And they still seen them, you know? And I was like, wow, that's that's dope, you know? And I, I remember telling Dove on the trip home from San Diego that uh, me and you, we got to start doing a lot of these, you know what I mean? Because people are seeing them. And Dove's like, yeah, you're right. So as soon as we got back from the B-Boy Summit, man, we started killing those trends, you know? We knew it was a, a way to get our name out there and get our artwork seen, you know? Uh, the B-Boy Summit proved it you know just by meeting a lot of people i mean i met people from all over the states and they would pretty much all seen our trains man i couldn't believe how they moved around so that's i think you know clue got me into it initially but what kept me going was going to the b-boy summit and meeting all those people that seen our stuff nice uh so when did you paint your first train uh first train i painted in 1992 with dove and with dove and clue Okay. Do you have any idea how many you've painted since then? I mean, how many? I used to keep a log, man, but I ran out after 3,000. Um, <laughs> yeah. After 3,000 pieces, I stopped logging them. And um, so, it, was a, it was a little over three, but I don't know how much I've done since then. I mean, you know, I guess maybe 4,000 maybe. I don't know. You know, it's just a guess. So but did I you, did, did, I know I did over three thousand. So, when you say you kept a log, like what what did that entail? Like, did you write down the numbers? I would write, just I would write the piece that I did, be it a fear piece or if I did a DCV piece, I'd write DCV. Then I'd write who came with me. I used to log that. I used to like to know who was with me. I logged what yard I painted it at, and I logged uh, the serial numbers on the car. Because nice. I, used to, I used to keep track. Yeah, I used to have that phone number, and I'd call it, and they'd tell me where my trains are. <laughs> uh, do you still do that? Uh-uh. I don't do that no more. It's just kind of... Now I just paint them. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, I mean, you know, after a while, you just you keep, you keep calling the number, and you figure out, dude, your trains are everywhere. You know, it's like yeah. kind of useless to try to keep track of them. It's like they're, they're going everywhere, and that's all I needed to know, you know? So tell me you still have this lock. I, mean, I, kept still, this yeah. <laughs> I still have the logs there. Uh, so I lost a couple pages, but I still have a few of them intact. Nice. I, I'm a, I'm a big collector, so I collect most of my stuff. So did you flick it as well? Or did you just, Oh, I, I flicked many of my trains. A lot of times some of the pictures didn't come out and sometimes we would paint the trains and the uh, engines would hook up to them and take them before we could flick them. But, for the good part, I got I do have a lot of my trains documented and photographs. Nice. Okay, well, we're gonna have to talk later about how you can share that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. I got a lot of trains that nobody's seen before, man. I mean, I've I've pretty much seen all the stuff that's came out in magazines, and it's it's kind of funny because me and Dove used to joke around because we'd be like, dude, they always got the wackest shit that we did. You know, <laughs> they never, they never really got the dope ones, you know, which maybe that's good because one of these days I'll put a book out and then there'll be all new stuff in there for you guys to check out. Nice. Yeah. 
So, uh, did you get into other aspects of the freight culture, I guess? You know, with hobos and just the history behind it? Well, in 90, what was it? The only thing, I never really got into all that stuff, man. But I knew this cat named Iser. I don't know if you guys know Iser, but he was a really trained buff. He knew about all that, and he knew some of them hobos. And me and Dove had planned to take a trip um, to Chicago, and we were going to hop the trains and take it for free. So Iser got a hold of some, some cats that knew how to do that, and they gave us word-for-word word direction on where to hop the trains, how not to get killed on those things. I mean, it was interesting. You know, I, I couldn't believe all the stuff that would, went into, like, you know, taking a free train ride to Chicago. It was unreal. They had information on there that I would have never thought of. Um, they were telling me they were telling us to bring uh, water with us with the with the with the, like maybe a washcloth because you would go inside these tunnels I guess I guess there's these long train tunnels and they would say to to wet down the washcloth and put them over your mouth because inside the tunnels the smoke could really get thick and they said that people were known to die inside those tunnels sometimes especially if the train were to like stop inside one of them also uh, they were telling us to take a stick or some kind of uh, pin and wedge it in between the doors so that just in case the train were to stop real fast, the doors wouldn't shut on us. I guess they said a lot of people, like, the, they'll be riding inside one of those trains and the doors will shut on them and the, they won't be able to get the damn door open and some of them wind up dying inside there. So they were giving us all kinds of this information and we were getting ready to go on this trip, man. But, you know, actually all that information just scared me and Dove out of it. <laughs> we were like... <laughs> We were like, you know what, this shit's just too dangerous, man. So, I, yeah, we decided against it, and we actually took the train, uh, took another train. So. You just went on Amtrak? Yeah, Amtrak. To, <laughs> no, 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 Amtrak, no, we didn't, we didn't even take the train. You know what, we actually took a plane, so. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool. I wanted to do it, you know, for the adventure of it, and I figured, you know, I'm still young, let me do this, and. Nah, but I don't know. My life is, is was in jeopardy, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not feeling that. No, that, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still here to tell the tale. So, right, right. so um, okay. So, have you gotten into it any more since then, or are you pretty much? I'm pretty much just one of those cats that like to paint, you know. And it's 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 a strange thing because a lot of people know me for my freights. I think probably the most is, you know, the the fame that I got was you're a freight rider. Even in my own city, L.A., where I paint mad walls. I mean, I paint a lot of walls out here. But for some reason, people know me for freights. Um, probably because, you know, I was one of the first cats out of L.A. to really take advantage of the train system. Um, before me and Dove, there was probably just a handful uh, Dream and Charlie, Risky, uh, were some of the names I remember. Power, um, Frame did a few, um, you know, and it wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of LA heads taking full advantage of it. So um, when we started doing it, we jumped on early, and I think people kind of recognized us for that. Cool. Uh, okay, so give us like a little bit of a comparison between freights and walls. I mean, what do you like better about walls? What do you like better about freights? On a wall, um, I could style uh, a little bit better. Um, 
you know, uh, on the wall, it's more about style. On the train, it's more about getting your name up in a simpler form so that people can see it. At least that's how I approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm on the trains, a lot of the trains that I painted in my layups, they were ridges, you know, bumps. And therefore, you know, there weren't flat surfaces, so I didn't really feel like getting wild style on them. I thought it would be more efficient, both me and Dub, to like do it bigger, blockier letters so that you could see it from a distance. So to me, that's what the trains were uh, more or less, uh, you know, for. And then the, the, the walls, I would save for my, my, my wild style pieces. What about legal walls? What about the whole legal aspect of graffiti? Um, what do I think about it? Um, I don't know. You know, legal legal stuff is great. You know, I mean, um, especially in Los Angeles because there's so many pitfalls out here. Uh, you could really get hurt painting a wall that maybe doesn't belong to you that's in a neighborhood or something, and or even you know by the police. Lots of that out here all, as well. And if I have the opportunity to paint a legal wall, then I could take my time on it and do something real special, you know. And so I, I'm with it, you know. Uh, I guess the whole legal, you know, argument would be like I paid my dues, you know. I went out there and I've done it illegally, uh, so I can go ahead and paint legal walls now, and nobody's got nothing to say about it. Now, you know, I really don't respect a writer if he just does legals and he's never went out there and done the crime that goes with being a writer, you know. Uh, You got to do the time, man, you know. And and, uh, some writers, man, they just jump into it and they just want to do legal stuff. And, you know, I never really respected that. And I don't think the mass majority of writers really do, Yeah. you know. But legal walls are cool. You know, they got its place and... um, it's a big part of uh, our history. There's been legal walls since the beginning of graffiti. You know what I mean? People have always uh, have, have been painting walls from be it money or or you know getting commissioned or maybe your local liquor store wants you to do something. I mean, it's a good thing, you know. Nice. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> going along with that, what about making money off graffiti? Graffiti. Like the same thing, I say, uh, if you've paid your dues and you've done it, and then I don't see any reason for, uh, for you not to be able to make some money off your passion. Um, it's a good thing, you know. Uh, to make money off of something that you love is uh, definitely, you know, the way you want to go, you know. And, um, uh, you know, for a long time when I was young, when I was very young and rebellious, I was against that. You know, I was like, oh, no, graffiti's just for the streets and I'm never going to do T-shirts and you know, I'm not going to go that way. And, you know, I wanted to keep it the culture pure. You know, I really did. I was one of those diehard old school hip hop heads that wanted to keep the culture pure and I didn't want to sell out. But now, I mean, come on, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's it's already sold and there's not much we can do about it now at this point to either we're either going to let somebody else make the money that doesn't deserve it. Or we're going to get off our asses and, and actually try to make some of that and put it into our pockets, the people that created it, and, and actually put work in. So that's that's how I feel about that. Nice. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm sort of one of those people who thought of you as a, a freight head. So <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to talk to you a little bit more about that. Okay. And I'm curious. I mean, 
when I used to see a lot of your stuff, it was it was always with Dove. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious, how did you two meet? <laughs> wow, that's a really good good story too. How we met. Um, Dove was a lot younger than I am. He was my student. Uh, but let's let's take it back even further. I was actually at some girl's house. Uh, this girl, my my boy Steve, used to talk to. And I remember Steve inviting me to come over and meet her and her sister. So we go over there and we start messing around. And Steve's like, you know, this is fear. He's like one of the best graffiti writers in the neighborhood. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's building me up to these girls. And they're like, yeah, well, let's see something. So I remember grabbing a piece of paper in their house and, and, and drawing on it. I did my name, Fear, you know, wrote my cruise or whatnot, and I left it there. Well, I guess these girls, they knew Dove, you know, and Dove had came over to their house and found the paper and seen my name on it. And he was just like, yo, who is this guy? And she's, and the girls were like, well, he lives around here somewhere. And Dove was like, I got to meet this dude, you know, and uh, Dove is a really cool cat, man. You know, he's he's like one of those cats where if he puts his mind to something, he does it, you know? And so he wanted to meet me. And the first time I met Dove, I was coming out of the Ralph's supermarket. Okay. (laughs) I don't know how the hell he knew who I was. Somebody must've pointed me out to him, but I'm walking out of the supermarket with a shitload of pictures. I just racked up because back (laughs) in the, because back in the day you would take photos. There's no digital cameras, right? right? You would take photos of your stuff you go turn them into the supermarket and then you go steal them from the supermarket. So everything was free, you know? So we had the, I had the pictures and I'm walking out of the supermarket and I couldn't even wait to get home. I already opened those shits and I was looking through them, you know, and Dove comes walking up to me and he's like, Hey, what do you got there? And I'm like, I'm your business, you know, who the hell are you? You know? And he's like, Oh, Hey man, uh, are those graffiti pictures? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, who the hell is this little kid? You know, I think he was, when I met him, I think he was 14 or 15. And I was already, I think, 18 or 19 years old. Okay, and, what, I mean, roughly what year was this? This was... Or which decade, I, I guess? This was, <laughs> it was, it was in the 80s. I met Dove, I think, 89, 1989. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it was 89 and I was 18 years old. How old was I? Yeah, yeah, I was. I think I was 18 or 19 years old. And then Dove was just a kid, you know, like I said. And I said, man, I said, yeah, this is a graffiti. I go, but who are you, you know? And he's like, oh, well, I'm friends with Barbara. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I seen your piece over there, man. And I want to do graffiti too, man, you know? I've always liked graffiti, you know? And I was like, really, you know? And I don't know, man. Dove's just one of those dudes, man. He's like, he just, he inspired me, really. He was just a young kid, and, and he, but he, he reminded me of me when I was his age. And I seen the look in his eye, you know, that star quality. I was like, man, this guy, he really wants it, you know, so I couldn't turn him down, you know. I told Dove, I said, look, here's my phone number. I go, if you really want to learn how to do graffiti, call me up this week, get a bunch of spray paint, and we'll go out and we'll do your name. So... Sure enough, man, that guy called me exactly the time I told him, the same same day I told him. I mean, he was on it, you know, and I said, did you get the paint? He's all, man, I got the paint. I go, let's go. So me and him uh, painted a piece. I took him to the Levitt's yard in L.A., a very famous yard out there. Homeboy was in awe. 
Like when I brought him out of the car and he started looking at all the pieces, Dove was just like, wow, you know, he never seen anything like that before. And then I took him to Belmont Tunnel. And for anybody that's ever been to Belmont Tunnel for their first time, I mean, the wall was just amazing, you know. Uh, and he came out and he couldn't believe it. You know, he was looking around and we actually did a piece at Belmont that day. And uh, me and Dub, man, we've been painting ever since. He he turned not only into my best partner that I ever had in graffiti, but he's my best friend as well. You know, we're very good friends to this day. That's cool. That's great. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I... Well, the thing, let me talk more a little bit about Dove. It's yeah. kind of funny. It's kind of funny because me and his career, ever since he got into DCV, which was that same year, I think he got in 1989, he, uh, me and him, our careers have just been parallel. It's such a trip because when, when, when a crew would ask me to get in their crew, they would ask Dove as well. Or a crew would ask Dove to get in, but they would ask me as well. So it's like... And it's funny because me and Dove have always been, you know, partners, always friends. And we would talk about it. Like, let's say UTI would ask us to get in and me and Dove would sit and go, you know, what do you think? And blah, blah, blah. And it's funny, man. I mean, also, a lot of people might not know is that we, me and Dove had started a rap crew. Uh, we were rapping. Uh, we had a crew called Cosmic Four. And uh, so he, not only were we graffiti partners, but we were rhyming partners we were writing songs, we were producing songs, we were putting songs out as Cosmic Four, and we were rocking stages everywhere, and it was a trip, man. I mean, everything we did, we even worked at the same place. We, me and him were teacher aides at a school, and we worked in the same classroom, man. So it's like I couldn't get away from the guy, you know? We painted <laughs> together, we rapped, we worked, you know, and we built a, a serious bond over the years, man. We're good friends. And Dove is a great guy, dude. You know, I'm gonna be t I'll tell everybody out there right now. Dove is like just a really cool dude, man. If you could, you know, if I could loan anyone a million dollars in cash, I'd give it to him. And that that if I needed it back, he'd give me every single dollar back. He's just a trustworthy dude, you know. That's cool. Nice. So enough about Dove. <laughs> Talk about fear. <laughs> we'll we'll Dove interview him next. The Dove interview's coming up. Yeah. That's that's the next one on the agenda. Okay, so um, yeah, has this has graffiti sort of uh, like led to any I don't know any like opportunities in terms of like making a living or like what you do for work? Um, like, has it opened any doors for you? Is it? It, it has. I mean, graffiti has opened quite a bit of doors for me. I mean, it's. It was a way for me into the gallery scene, which I'm currently doing. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm enjoying being a lot in a lot of group shows right now, and I think it was the name Fear that got me there. You know, yeah. um, it's also gotten me into some pretty good jobs, working for some major companies, uh, made some good money doing it. It's not something that I do professionally. Um, I, you know, have a regular nine to five and I'm going to school still. So it's, it's been a passion of mine. I think if I did artwork for a living, I think I would get burned out on it pretty quick. Um, I don't enjoy drawing things that people want me to draw. I like painting and drawing things that I feel like doing at the time. 
I'm very much I'm very much in the moment when it comes to graffiti. You know, it's like I just want to be there in the moment of it. You know, I don't want to like uh, pre-think it or try to you know do something that I'm not feeling at the time. You know, so it's been difficult. You know, the job if I do get a graffiti job, it has to be something that I really like and I'm really down with, or I'll turn it down. Nice. So what about like? You know, talking about being in the moment, do you usually yeah. freestyle your stuff then? Yes. It's always always freestyled. You never um, come with like on a, a sketch? On occasion, or... on, an, on occasion, on special occasions, I might go off a sketch just because I like the sketch. Um, but it never comes out like the sketch. Yeah. It never does. It's always <laughs> It always gets switched around somehow. And yes, I'm a big freestyler. I'm um, um, even to the point now where it's like, wow, like I'm all over the place as far as the piece goes. I'll start my piece and I'll be working on the F. And then for some strange reason, I'm like, well, you know, I'll do the outline. I'll do like the F and the E and the A, the outline. I won't even do the R. I'll start working on the F, filling it in and shit, right? <laughs> and it's strange. And I'll fill the F in for a little bit. And then I'll be like, you know what? Let me go over here and draw the R. And I'll finally draw out the R, and then maybe I'll start working on the R, and I might even have the R all completely filled in, ready to go, and the rest of the piece still ain't done yet, you know? So it's kind of weird, man. I'm real scatterbrained like that. I kind of just work in the moment, you know? If, like, I look at the E and I see something it needs, I will start working on that for a little while until I, you know, and it's kind of weird, you know? You watch me paint and people trip out. They're like, you know, you're all over the place, man. But I think it's easier for me to work that way because then the piece comes out a lot fresher, I've noticed, just because, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm in the moment. If I'm just trying to do something like a sketch, uh, when I sketched it out, I was in a certain feeling that day. And I might not be in that feeling when I'm out at the wall. I might be in a whole different mode, you know. So trying to freak it the same way I did when I was in that particular time it's it just never works out nice you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's it's one of those things <laughs> i'm a i'm a color man you know i i enjoy using lots of different colors and uh i'm a good color master you know i think i think a lot of people um recognize my color schemes at least in la they do a lot of a lot of the writers out there tell me that me and dove had like some of the freshest color schemes they've seen in pieces and that's just because I love colors, you know. I, I love to blend them and, and figure out what goes good with each other, you know. So that's a big part of my graffiti as well. Oh, cool. Um, so let's let's talk about doors that it may, that graffiti may have uh, got slammed on you. Uh, let's talk about uh, any, I guess, run-ins with the law, any chase stories. Okay. Um I'll tell you about the first time I got chased in 1987. 1987, I'm uh, I'm on the 91 freeway uh, over in Cerritos, and um, we're doing a piece. It's me, uh, a guy named uh, Wreck. Uh, well, he didn't write Wreck at the time. He wrote Clean, but he he actually wound up being Wreck from NASA. I don't know if anybody ever seen his stuff, but he wasn't in NASA at the time. He was just a guy that wrote Clean. Um, a famous DJ was with me that night. I don't know if you ever heard of Rhett Maddock, but Rhett Maddock from the Beat Junkies was with me that night. And he was a graffiti writer back then. 
he was a DJ as well, but he was more into graffiti. So it was me, Rhett, and uh, Wreck, and a guy named MC Chill. He was a rapper that I used to rap with. We're out on the freeway, and we're doing a One Love piece that said One Love, and it was the night before Valentine's. It was actually my birthday. Nice. And um, so we go out, and we do this One Love piece, and Rhett's working on this character of like a B-boy crying, and he's like holding a rose. And it's just, we're dedicated this to our ladies, you know? And it's kind of funny because we're doing it on the freeway, but that's the 80s for you, you know? It's like back then, you know, it was a different, different thing, you know? And so we're doing the piece, and behind the wall, we couldn't see the helicopter coming because we're, we're on this, we're, we're behind this great big giant mass of like freeway barrier wall. And little do we know, somebody must have seen us on the freeway and called the cops. So here comes the helicopter, and it's coming from behind the wall. So we didn't see it until it was right on us. And when it when it the light when the light hit you, man, I don't know if you guys ever been under a, a helicopter light before, but the thing's hot, man. That's the first thing I noticed. I mean, because I remember uh, MC Chill kind of backing up and seeing the light coming. He's all he's all cops, you know. He yells out this cops, and we all just ducked. We thought we could duck and that the cop, the helicopter was going to just, you know, pass us by. Hell no. That thing just stopped right on us. I could, I could feel the heat of the, of the light. I could hear the, the you know, the, 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 the chopper going. And not only that, but I mean, my eyes were, were closed tight. I mean, I was scared. I think I was, how old was I? I think I was like 16 years old. I closed my eyes and man, I could see like the pink in my eyelids. That's how light that, that that's how bright that light was. I could see the pink inside my eyelids, man. And I remember just jumping up and looking at the light and going, you know, what do we do? And everybody said, run. <laughs> like, run where? And it was funny because we just all split up. Like, everybody split up. One guy went left. One guy went right. I took off running down into a ditch. There was, like, a ditch right next to the freeway. I took off running down the ditch. The funny thing is the helicopter... It was making big circles. It was trying to keep us all into one location until the cops came, I guess. And so it would make these big, giant circles. And as the further we got apart, the bigger the circle got. And it was kind of funny because I was running in the ditch, and then every time the, the helicopter would take off, I'd find a place to hide. And then the helicopter would come back, and it would see me. You know, it would just shine its light right on me wherever I was hiding. And so it would take off again, and then I would start running again. And man, I could not lose that damn thing. I mean, you know, I I, I didn't I didn't know about infrared at the time, but I'm pretty sure that's how they were tracking me. And I ran up over a, a I remember I ran up over into this park that was right next to the ditch, and I'm hiding behind a tree. And next thing I know, I see this police cruiser cruising right next to me, like he just came with his lights off. He jumped out of the car. He seen me. He said, "Freeze." I just took off running, cop right behind me, jumped the fence. We're running over this big giant hill. I, I ran out of the park and to the first house that I seen, it was like right next to the park. I just slid underneath this truck. I see the cop coming out of the park, running after me. He just ran down the street, man. Like he didn't even see me go into the car. And I was just sitting under that car for about an hour, two hours. I'm not sure how long it was. <laughs> But that helicopter, man, it just would not go. I mean, I seen the light. And it was so funny because I'm sitting underneath that truck. And the light would literally come right underneath the truck and hit me. 
like and I would have to I would have to lift myself up there was like you know the 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 carriage inside the car I would like grab some of the piping and I would lift myself off the ground because the light was like shining on my fucking clothes and stuff it was crazy man couldn't believe how those helicopters were really like <laughs> are good tools for the police man but that was the first time I got chased and, and it's kind of funny because I remember finally when the helicopter did leave I got out of my hiding spot and I just started booking it down little side streets trying to get back to my homeboy's crib because I was staying at my house at my homeboy's house at the time. And I'm running and every time a car would come, I'd stop running and try to look cool, you know. And then it's <laughs> funny because I'm running and this car comes and sees me and beeps. And I'm like, what the hell? It's like two o'clock in the morning, right? They're all, they stop and they're like, somebody rolls down the windows like, hey, hey, come over to, come over to the car, you know? And I'm like, all right. So I come over to the car and it's two of my homeboys from high school and they're on dates with like these two girls. I didn't give a fuck. I opened the door. I ran inside the car. I'm all <laughs> puffing and puffing. I'm dirty. I got oil all over my face, spray paint all over my hands. And they're looking at me like, dude, what the hell happened to you? You know, what are you, what are you running down the street at two o'clock in the morning for? I'm like... Dude, we got chased, man. Me and Eric and Rhett, man, we got chased. And they're like, see, I told you, man. You guys stupid, you know, doing that graffiti shit. You're going to get busted. And it was funny, man. And I remember uh, I, I wound up spending the night at their house that night because I couldn't find my friend. And back then, you didn't have cell phones. Nobody, We didn't even have pagers back then, you know. It was, it's not like today where you can call your homeboy and see if he's okay. But, you know, we had to call their house, and we didn't want to wake up the parents. So... I just spent the night at their house. The next morning, they got a call. Hey, have you seen Fear? They're like, yeah, he's right here. He spent the night. Oh, well, tell Fear to get his ass over to Eric's house because we're burning all our pictures. We're burning all our graffiti-related items. And so I go down there, and they're sitting there burning, like, all their black books, and they're throwing them in the fireplace. They're throwing their graffiti jackets in the fireplace. They're getting rid of all their stuff. And I'm like, what are you guys doing that for? You know, we all got away. It's a funny story because we all got away that night. I thought everybody got caught but me. But when I went down to Eric's house, they were all there. They all got away. But the fucking stupid thing is, is they left a bag behind. And it was a school bag and he had his address on it. (laughs) Yeah, right. So they were terrified that we were going to get busted or that somebody was going to come. The police found it and come to his house. So we burned everything, man. And to this day, I regret it because I burned like all my photos that I'll never be able to get back. You know, it was all pre-86 stuff. Um, No, pre-87. So I burned all my 86, 85, 84 to 83 photos, man, really. Like, even my old breakdancing photos that I posed next to my bombs and stuff with, I got rid of all that stuff. I burned my jackets, all that stuff. And to this day, I'm like, wow, I wish I had that stuff. You know, that was my history, you know. But when you're young, you know, you don't think about history. And and to be honest with you, I didn't even think that I would still be doing graffiti this long you know i didn't i didn't realize i didn't realize what a big part of my life it was going to be so i guess at the time it seemed like a good idea it's you know? still better than going to prison though yeah you're right and you know what's <laughs> funny you know what's the funny thing about it is they never came the police never came i don't know if they found the bag or what but yeah they never came looking for us so no but had you not burned it they probably would have come <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's just the way it works 
Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, well, um, I'll tell you what, I've been chased a few other times besides that. Um, the last time I got chased was a doozy. Uh, we were going into a little layup. It was a train yard. And um, I was with the Mac. I know everybody's heard of the Mac. It was me, the Mac, a guy named White, and a guy named Ferno from UTI. And the Mac was down here, uh, you know, hanging out with us. We were good friends. And we're going, let's go do some trains. So we go out to the train yard. It was my yard. And I thought it was safe. And usually it was. Except for tonight, while, while we were creeping into the yard, because it was right next to a freeway, there just happened to be a CHP looking over, and he's seen us go into the yard, okay? We didn't know it at the time, but he had seen us going into the yard. So we set up shop, and we start painting this train, and we're doing it end-to-end. -end. It's coming out really nice. I, I hear a noise behind us, like a real, like, weird, weird, like, it was like a rocks rocks getting crushed that's what it sounded like so i look around and i notice there's a police cruiser inside the yard with his lights off but he's on the other side of the train track like there's a train in between us right mm -hmm. and he's on the other side i stopped and i looked and i'm like oh my god there's a there's a cop in the yard you know and the mac and everybody they got scared you know we're all just fucking sitting there like watching it and they're getting ready to run i'm like nah don't run I go, let's see, wait and see what it does. So it cruises right past us, and it's going down the tracks. Well, at that particular yard, man, there was a lot of gang activity. A lot of gangs used to hang out there and, like, drink and smoke weed and sell drugs and stuff. So I figured maybe the, the cop was trying to creep up on them, you know? And it was kind of going in the general direction of where the gangs usually hung out. So I'm like, you know, maybe they're just doing that. So I crawled in between the two cars and I took a look to see where the where the, the where the cop was, and by this time he was all the way at the end of the line, and it was so dark I couldn't really see, but it looked to me like a, somebody got out of the passenger seat and and started walking towards the tracks, and I remember crawling out of the train and telling the guys, you know what, I go I I can't be sure I go but I think a cop got out of the car and he's and he's on the tracks. So what we did is we just stopped painting. We started looking down the tracks, trying to keep our eye focused on anything. And we didn't see anything, man. And, and I couldn't see any cops or anything. And we're looking. And next thing you know, here comes the police car, and it's cruising back. And it's going slow. And it's got its lights off, but it cruised right past us again. And I'm like, all right. I go, he's leaving, you know. So they're probably looking for those gangsters, you know. So we start painting again. About 10 minutes later, dog, it's about 10 minutes later, a big sh a flashlight, boom, right on my face. Highway patrol, freeze. We just took off running, dude. We just took off. We, anytime you hear that word freeze, that just <laughs> that just means to run, you know? So and wait, we where took, were they? I mean, we, huh? Where were they? If you were, I mean. Well, check this out. Let me Let me tell you. We start running down the tracks, and I turn around, and I see this flashlight bouncing. You know, you can't see the cop, but you can see the flashlight just bouncing because he's running after you. And I was running so fast, I didn't even think about it, but I still had two spray cans in my hand. It was funny, man. I still had the cans in my hand, and I was running with the cans. So I threw, get rid of them shits, and I'm running towards the end of the line, and here comes another flashlight from the other side, bouncing, coming towards us. So what had happened was there was two cops, 
and he had went down, dropped his buddy off, and then he cruised back to the other side, and he got out, and they were coming in on us from both sides. So there was only one way to get out of there, and there was a freeway right next to the layup. So we had to jump the fence. I jumped the fence, got onto the freeway, heavy traffic. It's the five freeway, uh, the Golden State Freeway, man. And it was, it was lots of traffic. And I remember I was like Frogger, dude, literally like trying to cross that freeway. <laughs> like I would run and I didn't have time to like play games. You know what I mean? It's like I had to go because he was right behind me. And this cop, man, jumped the fence and he was on the freeway with me. And I remember jumping making it to the middle of the uh, freeway where the cross traffic was happening. There was another fence I had to cross to get onto the other lane. So I jumped that fence. And when I jumped that fence, I looked past and I seen the cop running across the freeway. So I heard a lot of writers tell me that cops don't do that, but this cop was crazy, man. He was on my ass and he was on the freeway running past the cars with me. When I jumped the middle barrier to get on the other lane, I ran across that other lane, and then there was another fence. So I jumped over that fucking fence. And by this time, I'm exhausted, because all I was doing was jumping fences and running. And right when he jumped the fence, there was this big, giant field. And I'm like, great, you know? So I'm running across the field. I'm looking behind me. I still see the cop, and he's, like, stuck in the middle. He couldn't get across. There was too much traffic. So I had some time, and... I'm running across this big open field and I noticed this Arco gas station next to me. And I'm like, that looked like the only safe haven really that there was around there. But I, I, I said, you know what? I go, that's the first place the cops are going to look. So I ran past that and actually ran. I just kept running, dude. And I ran across the street and there was this little Nabisco factory. And I remember just collapsing in the trees. I mean, I was so exhausted I could not take one step further. I mean, I collapsed into those trees, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was just sitting there. I didn't even care if the cops found me at that point. I was just like, you know, I hope they do find me because I think I'm going to die, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's how tired I was. And I remember finally catching my breath and coming out of it. And uh, I remember saying, uh, I remember getting up and looking around, and there was actual cops inside the parking lot. By this time, there was a helicopter. It was driving around. There was cops all over the place. They were cruising around the city like cockroaches. I mean, from my vantage point, I could see the Arco station where I thought I was going to hide the first time. There was like six cops right there, six cop cars just all just posted up. That was like their little post-up spot. And I was like, dude, thank God I didn't go there, you know. And it was actually a cop right next to me where I was hiding. He was like, he had his flashlight and he started looking through the bushes where I was hiding and he got real fucking close. And I thought, man, this is it. I'm, I'm caught. And I hear a whistle and then I see the cop running off like away from me. And I look and I seen another cop came and picked him up. And I was like, thank God, because it was like perfect timing. He was about to find me. So the cop picks him up. He leaves I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I kept waiting for the, the police to leave and they never would. So I go, you know what, man, I'm just going to get up and just start walking out of here, you know, and hopefully they don't see me. So I got up and I walked and they didn't, they didn't see me, man. And as soon as I got to a, a place where I could start running, I started running, you know, jumping fences, getting back to my car. And when I got back to my car, I came home and I didn't know where those guys were. I didn't know where any of them were and they didn't have phones and I was like, man, you know, they probably all got caught. And 
sure enough, the next day they I found out that they had all got busted. All those guys, what they had done was they ran to the Arco station. They they jumped the freeway just like I did, but I didn't see them running across it. Um, but they had jumped the freeway and they went to that gas station and I guess they went inside and they started washing their hands trying to get rid of the paint. And a couple cops came in and to the bathroom and they seen him in there and they started asking him, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they each had a story for why they were there, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but they said that they didn't know each other. They're like, you guys all know each other? And and the, the Mac and Quiet and all of them, no, we don't know each other. They're like, well, what are you guys doing here in the middle of the night? And I think uh, Quiet was like, well, I got into a fight with my girlfriend, you know, so she she dumped me off here at the gas station. I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up. Well, what are you doing here, you know? Uh, the other guy said, oh, well, I didn't want to drive. I was at a party down the street, and I didn't feel like driving, so I came. And they all had a reason for being there, but, you know, and the cops were, like, not buying it, you know? So it's kind of funny. They all got in trouble, and and then they were like, thanks a lot for your nice yards, you know? And I felt bad, you know? <laughs> like, fuck, you know, sorry, man. I go, I never really had that problem before, but that was the last time I got chased, and that was in, uh, oh, that was 2001, I believe. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I've been chased a few times by helicopters. I've been chased by patrolmen, police. I've done a lot of stuff and I've never, never got caught. So this, to this very day, I've never got caught, knock on wood, you know. Um, I've been real fortunate, man. I think, I think there's an art to not getting caught, you know, and I, and I pretty much mastered that, man. I'm like Rambo, man. I'm like, when I, when I run, dude, I run for good. You know, I don't look back and I get away. You know what I mean? So at least to this day I have, uh, and I believe that I won't, you know, if I do get busted for, for something, it's going to be a legitimate thing. Like where they just got me, you know, and there's no way I can get out of it. But, uh, I've been lucky, man. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that continues. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. And, you know, these days I'm not as as wild as I once was and I'm not doing as much as I used to. So, you know, there's a good chance for me making it out with a clean slate. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Cool. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm, I'm sort of out of questions. Is there any, like, what do you, what do you want to say to the younger kids who are listening to this? Um, I want to say that if, if you're going to get into graffiti art, uh, get into it for the right reasons. Um, get into it because you love it, you know. And then once you're into it, try to learn about it. Um, don't just don't be don't be ignorant, man. You know, learn your history, read up some books, find out about the old school New York guys, find out why they wrote, you know, um, find out what they did, and and find out what your city did. Like if you're living in Los Angeles, learn about your history from LA and and. Uh, who the masters were. And, and I think that way you get a better understanding of your culture and about what you're doing and you appreciate what you're doing a little bit better also. Um, and that way, when you meet other people, you could spread that knowledge, you know, um, I think that's important. And I think a lot of young writers today miss that. They miss out on, on that. Uh, they don't really care where it came from. They just kind of jump into it and they start doing it, you know, and, educated on the internet huh educated on the internet Getting, you know yeah and it's not a really <laughs> good place to get your education you really need all the good stuff the really good stuff is 
it's it's with the old school people, you know. You you got to talk to them and and find it. You know, read books. Books is a good thing, man. I you know you read all you read all your books. Your uh, your subway art. Your your getting up. Um, you know, the the hip hop files by Martha Cooper. I mean, you read that stuff and you get a better. I mean, to this day, I still am learning. You know what I mean? And uh, if I had anything to say to the kids, I would say that's one thing. Learn your history, and another thing is respect. You know. Just respect the people that were there before you and respect art in general and just be a good dude, man, you know? I mean, a lot of a lot of what graffiti is is people. We're just a bunch of people that think alike and we do do things, you know? And I think, you know, we got to stay true to each other, man. There's too many people out there trying to knock us off or knock us down and it's like we got to try to be cool with each other, man, you know? And all the politics and stuff, that's out the window, man. We're here to create some art. We're here to make some history. And, you know, that's that's what I got to say to the younger generation. Nice. That's perfect, man. And, uh, yeah, just for me personally, I've really, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> I've looked forward to this interview. and um, Great. Yeah, and you did not disappoint. So Okay, uh, cool. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> There's yeah. so there's so much more that I could say and we could go on and on, but you know, you just capture the little moments, you know, and that's all you can do, you know. All right, man. See you later, Deja. Thanks, man. So thanks again to Fear. And thanks to all of you who tuned in for this episode. We dropped some hints about a possible DCV interview in the future. Stay tuned for that. And I also want to say thanks to all of those who have supported this little project. We'll see you next week. Thanks.